Welcome to another episode of the Belgian Waffle Show. On this episode, we're going to keep the awards going, and uh, we're going to catch up with one of our Kudos Awards winner, Michael Macker. Michael's a, he's a pretty solid guy. Dude has a great time. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always high-fiving people. Um, he has attempted BWR a couple times in the past, and um, you know he had his fair shares of ups and downs and came back, and third time's a charm, made it happen. Um, so we're going to, we're going to hear from Michael Marks first on, um, why Michael deserves the kudos award, kind of go in a little depth on that. And then we're going to jump into the interview with Michael and really break down, you know, his preparation for this year, what happened, you know, prior years in the two events past on, you know, what his thoughts are on the event, you know, the atmosphere, just all the good times, um, but yeah, Michael's a great guy. If you're in the Southern California area, I know you probably know who he is. You've seen him, and if you're not, hopefully you'll uh, get to meet him one day because he's a he's a really great guy. So that's it for that. Let's jump right into this. And first, we're gonna hear from Michael Marks, and then we're gonna go into our Kudos Award winner with Michael. All right, enjoy. Then we have two Kudos Awards. Uh, Michael Michael wins his for uh, he wins it for being happy and a wonderful spirit, just like Udo. Uh, he, he wins it because two years ago, he attempted the event and didn't finish. And then one year ago, he attempted the event and didn't finish. This year, he dedicated himself to training hard, uh, to being more adept in the dirt, to being able to get through a long day, and ended up finishing. So third time's a charm. But it's not only that perseverance, but just the spirit that he brings to every day that is lovable and representative of the spirit of Udo. All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of uh, Post Belgian Waffle Ride, the Belgian Waffle Ride show. And on the line with us, we've got our kudos winner, Michael McRae. Michael, what's going on tonight? How you doing today? How's everybody doing out there? Yeah, we're great. We're rested now. The event's done, you know? Oh, come Over. on, John. You know there's really no rest for BWR. It's You do the race, you finish the race, and your brain's already thinking, so what am I going to do better for next year? There's really no rest. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got a point there. You, you try to have a little rest, and it's kind of like, you get like two seconds, and you're like, wait, no, never mind. I can't rest. There's still yeah, exactly. more to be done. Whether. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, how how was it? You know, how how you feeling now? You know, it's been a few weeks now. It's done, and you know, you kind of do that build up for it, and now it's kind of in you know the back for a little bit. Um, how's it going on? How you feeling? You know, to be honest with you, um, it was a very surreal moment to finally come across that finish line and see everybody that was there to congratulate me. I mean, there were so many people that were there. There were people that did the wafer. There were people that finished two hours ahead of me everybody was still there and there was random people that I had seen on the race course that we had ridden together that, you know, took the time to congratulate me. You know, the guys from TBG timing came over and said, congratulations. It was just, it was a great feeling. And that feeling didn't go away for quite a while. I would have to say probably for a good two weeks that that lasting glow of the feeling of accomplishment of finally getting through BWR and not only that, but I beat the time that I had planned for myself. I didn't have any issues on the course. You know, I woke up the next day. I didn't have a lot of pains as far as 
muscle cramps or anything like that. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, everything just went really well. And the next two weeks, probably in my mind was just like, wow, I actually did it. And I did it so well. And I, I just I couldn't believe that it was over. And I couldn't believe that I actually finished it. So, you know, it's been like you said, it's been a couple of weeks. What is it now? Almost a month, a month and a half or so. And, you know, yeah, about yes, six the, weeks. The, yeah, about six weeks. So the glow's finally gone away. But at the same time, you know, it's like in the back of my mind, it's that craving of, okay, what's next? Like, you know, we still have a whole nother year before that. We still have other events that are coming up. We, you know, we have adventure rides. We just ride in general. But it's like now it's in the back of my mind of, okay, now that it's finally over, what can I do to get better next year? What am I going to do to top, you know, what I did this year? Because I thought I did great. And okay, now there's a goal to, of course, get better. And it's like, holy cow, how can I do that? But, you know, in all reality, it was an amazing event. And if you haven't done the event and you haven't experienced crossing that finish line, it's something you really need to do uh, sometime in your life. That's all I can say. So real, real quick, how many times have you done BWR before? So this is now my third time. Okay, so obviously you know you're going to do it like, but if we backtrack a little bit, you know, you, you know, you're going to do it this year, but like what, uh, what's kind of going through your mind as far as like, you know, okay, I'm going to do VWR this year. Like I'm excited. I'm nervous. I got some training. I need to do it. Like what's kind of like in your mind, like your, your rundown of like when, when VWR, when, when it's approaching, you know, like what's going, what are you doing over there? So the main thing for me, you know, so you're, you're saying like within weeks of the event or within weeks. Well, just kind of like when of- you like, just kind of like when it's a, you know, like BWR is either it's, it's this year, you know, you're going to do it. Like, you know, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you breaking down like your training schedule? Like, is it something that you're looking forward to like months out in advance or that you just kind of like, you know, it's kind of on the calendar for you? Like gotcha. w- what makes it kind of special, you know, because it is kind of so, like it's its own thing. The biggest thing to that made it special this year was this was actually my birthday present for my mom. So my mom actually bought my registration on my birthday um, for BWR because she knows and she knew that it was something that was a goal of mine to finally accomplish. And, you know, my mom can give me anything that she wants for my birthday, but she wanted something that was a goal that I've always wanted to accomplish. And she wanted to put that in front of me. And she was like, here, I'm going to help you to reach that goal. I'll take care of your registration fee. You just concentrate on training and you do what you have to do and you make me proud by finishing the race. And, you know, when, when she gave that to me, I was just like, oh, that, that's the coolest thing. I mean, I've gotten some really cool gifts for my birthday, but that was really awesome that she gave that to me. So going from there, you know, I had even more on my plate than before of, OK, now my mom has put it in front of me that here's your goal. And now you have to accomplish this because I gave this to you as a gift. So you need to make sure you do this right. So, you know, that was the whole thing for this year was, you know, every year when it's time to register for BWR, of course, you know, you get those butterflies in your stomach of, man, it's that time. Do I hit that button? Do I register? Am I going to do wafer? Am I going to do waffle? For me, the wafer has never been an option. I've I've always only wanted to do the waffle. I was only going to do the wafer after I completed the waffle, more so as a relaxing ride. The waffle is more of that, you know, one day just mess with your brain type thing. And I've always wanted to get through it. So, you know, this year, my big thing was I've done two years now of trying to do the race by myself. 
Um, you know, the first year that I did it, we made it to the La Costa area and my friend cramped out. So I wasn't going to leave him there by himself. So we were an, an hour away from finishing the event and there was no way for us to get, you know, through La Costa, through Double Peak and to, to Lost Abbey. It, it was just, just wasn't going to happen. So uh, we got picked up and, you know, that was year number one. Ironically, that was his second year. So last year, which is 2018, we did it again. And um, when I crossed Lemon Twist the first time, when we went through that little muddy area, apparently something flew up and got in my eye. First thing I did naturally was scratch my eye. And apparently I, uh, well, not apparently, I got a corneal abrasion. Um, basically, what was that, mile marker 10 or something? So I rode the rest of the day with a corneal abrasion, but I couldn't tell that it was there because I was riding in bright sunlight. So it didn't bother me. When I made it back to Lemon Twist and basically started climbing Del Dios, the sun fell behind Elfin Forest. And all of a sudden I had vision problems. I had, you know, half, half black, half darkness. And I was like, you know, what's going on? So I did the winky eye test. And sure enough, when I winked my right eye, I could see nothing but blurriness with black spots out of my left eye. So I made it up to the top of Elfin, to, up to the top of Del Dios and called my wife and she came and picked me up. And she was like, you know, you only have a little bit more to go. And your friend is literally about five minutes ahead of you. So, you know, you're not that far behind him. You guys are going to finish. And I was like, well, we have to go through Elfin Forest. I would rather be safe that I don't accidentally blink my eye at the wrong time and swerve into traffic. I'd rather just wait and do it another year. So here comes 2019. And my big thing for 2019 is uh, uh, late last year, I got an invitation to join uh, Tasco Mountain Bike Team. So I'm part of their team, and one of the team members is Chi Plankton, who is an outdoor fitness coach. So um, she basically helped me with my training schedule um, from January on. Um, I did I stopped drinking beer, uh, which was a really big weird thing because I used to do the Ruler Thursday night rides. Of course, that's from a brewery, so it's like, okay, you're done riding, you want a beer, and it's like, no, I I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm not gonna drink any beer. I want to stay clean. I want to train hard. I just want to get through BWR and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to that point. And, you know, the training did well. The lack of beer, of course, it was a pain in the butt, but it did well for me. Nutrition was well. So I had, you know, basically all the pieces of the puzzle were there. But it's just one of those things that when it comes down to actual race day, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, I've seen it on the race course. You've seen it. You've seen, you know, the after effect at, you know, Lost Abbey shit can just go wrong when you're doing the event and you know knock on wood you know it everything went well this year nothing like i said nothing went wrong and it was just an amazing experience of getting to the starting grid i was surrounded by a bunch of friends that we had a plan to attack the race uh, our plan did not come to fruition because we you know split apart but we all managed to make it back to lost abbey every single one of us finished most of them were first-time riders of doing events that were over 100 miles, and they all finished. And, you know, we did a lot of training rides together, and we had a lot of fun building up to BWR. And the fact that every single one of us was able to cross the finish line at one time or another was a great accomplishment for all of us. And, you know, that was the whole thing for me for this year, too, was just having a team of riders to train with. Um, you know, I, it was some of the Tasco team, the uh, riders on Thursday night from the Ruler ride, some of the gravel stoke team, there was just so many riders that were into doing this event and they've never done anything like this before, but it was just like a community thing of we're going to do this together and we're going to get through it together. 
And that really made a huge difference on race day as well. So backing up a little bit, can I ask like, when did you, like how far out from BWR, as far as the date of the, the race, did you really start buckling down on that training, you know, not drinking beer, like really getting like diligent over there? So for me, it was actually the end of January. Okay. Of 2019. It was when I started really hardcore training. And like, what, what did like, kind of like, you know, your average week kind of look like, or like, what did you set it up? Like, you know, I know you hit some other events too. Like, you know, you're not drinking beer. Like, did you kind of have a set schedule of like how to do your training or like, you know, what that kind of look like for you? So for me, it was basically a, like a Monday, Wednesday, Saturday thing of cycling. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had never done intervals before. So that was something new that I learned this year that I was, uh, you know, put on my schedule. Um, the weird thing for me was the fact that it rained a lot. So uh, with me just starting to do intervals, I spent a lot of time in the gym and I learned to really hate spin bikes. But yep. uh, the interval training really, really helped me. And building off of that was, you know, the accomplished goal was every week I would have to do at least 50 to 100 miles every Saturday uh, with the group or, you know, by myself or whoever. That was another thing. So leading up to BWR, I think I was clocking something like uh, close to 250 miles a week, uh, whether it was, you know, uh, the intervals, everything accumulated per week was, I think, 250 miles of riding. And it was, you know, scattered during the week. I did uh, minimal gym work as far as uh, light lifting just to, you know, get my muscles going. Um, the weirdest thing for me is the fact that I lost a lot of strength in my legs. Like I leaned out a lot, but I used to be able to squat and deadlift a lot. And now that I go back to the gym, I lost a lot of my strength. So I'm building it back up. But I also don't have that bulkiness that I used to have. And so, you know, my frame is a lot lighter, I guess, than it was before. So it benefited me with the long rides that I was doing. And, you know, of course, it benefited me because I finished BWR this year. So, um, but, you know, essentially all the way up until the week of BWR, um, it was all hardcore training and it worked. How did, uh, you know, this year it sounds like your, you know, your program of training was like, you know, pretty top notch credit years past, you know, your diet, you're not drinking. Like how did, how did you feel differently during the ride this year than the, the years before? Um, the main thing for me like, was I didn't feel mentally that I needed to uh, really worry about nutrition and cramping. Um, in, you know, in previous years, naturally, I always had cramping issues. I wasn't eating right. I would eat terrible foods. You know, I didn't know what it was like to eat proper foods leading up to a race. Um, I didn't know what it was like to just train for a race, eating the foods leading up to the race. Um, you know, my big thing for this year, um, one of the guys that I was riding with makes these little rice cakes with, um, uh, bacon and ham. And he had told me, and, you know, we had talked about this and a lot of my friends had told me the same thing is you're going to be out on the bike for 10 to 12 hours. Let's just put it that way. So the last thing you want to do is from the get go, start eating all of your nutritional supplements, i.e., you know, goo energy, because that's the product that I use. They're like, don't do that. You know, train your body to be able to eat proper foods that your body can burn properly for at least the first half of the race. And so that was one thing that I really trained myself in doing was eating foods, real foods, for the first half of whatever rides I'm doing. And then from there, I would start using whatever supplements to make it for the second half. And I think that was the main key for me for this year 
was the nutrition aspect of all the way up until Mesa Grande, I was eating real foods. I was eating those little rice cakes. Of course, I was drinking my hydration. But those that I think that little thing right there made the biggest difference where I didn't have to worry about cramping. I didn't worry about stomach issues. I, I just had all that dialed in where on race day, it was the biggest thing that I didn't have to worry about. And I think in past years, it was always one of those things of, am I eating enough? Am I drinking enough? Am I forgetting something? And then, you know, it would always be in my mind of, okay, I got to make sure I'm actually doing this. But with this year, it just seemed like everything just went smoothly. And, you know, the food and the hydration just took care of itself. And my body was fine. So do you think one thing too, like just doing all that work before, like, just it kind of gave you the confidence, like mentally, like going into it, like, Hey, I did, you know, X, Y, Z, I've never done this before. And like, you know, you kind of felt like you're on a whole other level because of that. I truly feel that the training benefited me in a mental way as well. Um, I feel that Belgian waffle ride and all these, what I, I consider these ultra endurance rides now, all of these rides, I would have to say probably 90% of the ride is actually mental. Yes, you know, it's our bodies that are pedaling and, you know, our bodies are doing all the work. But if you don't have the mental control and the mental capacity to get over whatever, you know, humps you have to get over during the event, I don't think it's going to matter because you're going to crack. And, you know, just like you just asked me, yes, I think the mental game really played a great aspect of I did all these keys and put all these pieces of the puzzle together. Where on race day, it wasn't a mental thing of me worrying about any of those issues. Really, the only thing that I, I was worried about on race day was just pedaling and being safe and not getting a flat tire. You know, and, and I didn't have that happen. You know, it's been three years where I've, I've never had any mechanical issues. So, you know, another year went through Present and right I there. was fine. Yeah. I mean, it just it's amazing. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, the mental thing, I would have to say, is a very strong thing to get through the event. And because I was, you know, mentally right, I was fine. So going like he kind of was kind of i mean sorry that's kind of a good lead in right there like i kind of i'm curious on you know your setup for the event as far as what you chose bike um tires pressure i mean you just said you haven't had any mechanicals so obviously you're doing something right like how how did you go about building your bike or you know picking you know what you wanted to use for the event to make sure you got through safely so you know as you as you know this is my third year doing it so the first year um, I, I did it on a uh, giant Defy endurance bike. Um, at that time, there weren't ultra knobby tires for doing gravel. So I was running G1 tires. Uh, I think I did uh, 28s. So, you know, that was my first year ever doing BWR. Managed not to get any flats, but I was also really touchy with that bike because, quote unquote, it wasn't a gravel bike. So I didn't want to, you know, damage the bike because it was meant more as a road bike. Uh, tw last year I did it on a uh, giant TCX, which was a one by 11, which I was having issues with gearing of my gearing setup wasn't right because I only had 11 gears. So I felt that it wasn't, um, ideal for that type of race, or at least for me, it wasn't ideal. Um, and for that year I was able to run a little bit knobbier of a setup. So I ran 33s in the front and thirties in the rear and, you know, I was fine. This year, Giant came out with their own gravel bike. So I have a Giant Revolt Advanced 1. Um, and the main thing for me, the main takeaways, you know, that I, I've said this to many of my friends, the main things for me when it comes to the selection of the bike, it wasn't so much the bike, it was mainly the wheels and the tires. Um, you know, we 
I'm lucky enough that I was able to buy as many sets of tires as I needed to get through them to figure out what the proper setup was. Um, finally, I was able to uh, get with uh, Steve Driscoll. So I got a set of IRCs and I started really testing those out and seeing if they were going to work for me. Um, I started with a set of Bokens, uh, the 40s, and then I worked my way down. I worked my way down to a set of 32s, um, the Serac uh, CX Sands. And I kid you not, those things were the greatest tires ever. Um, I used those for two months worth of training, and I used them on race day. I, in all the rock gardens and any type of training that we ever did through any rock gardens, I never once had a slash. I never once had a failure. Um, so it, it worked. Um, my tire pressures for the day, I ran uh, 43 in the front, 45 in the rear. Um, the wheels that I was running were a set of Spinergy uh, GXC. Their new carbon uh, gravel wheels and same thing you know we did some amazing gravel training rides beforehand and i was riding the bike like i would ride a mountain bike on single track just not caring because i was given the assurance that this wheel and tire combo was probably the best thing for me and i wouldn't have any problems i never had any problems and it got me through bwr and it's one of those things you know when you're doing bwr and you're going through all those different terrains of road dirt, gravel, going through the creek crossing, going through Sandy Bandy. There's so much that is put into this one day of different types of terrain that can really cause major problems for a human being and the bicycle. And the wheels and tires did their thing. The bike held together. Um, you know, I use Wendwax, so I didn't have any issues with the chain making any chirping noises, didn't drop the chain at all during the day. It was just like the perfect setup. And um, the other addition that I got this year was um, I got a Lau fork. So I got the grit for um, a suspension fork. And I kid you not, that was like a night and day difference for all of the little chunkiness through Lake Hodges, through Black Canyon with the washboards. That little 30 millimeters of travel on that fork was like a gift um, from God. Because, I mean, I kid you not, it would just soak up whatever I, I threw at it. And it felt just so good because my hands weren't getting worn out from all the chattery. It would do its job, and it did its job really well. So those, those you feel are the like keys that, for the stuff. Do you feel like that fork, I'm just curious, like took away, because obviously BWR is, you know, it is a lot more road than dirt at the end of the day, but uh, do you feel like that you like that hampered you at all on the road? Or like you, you gave up much with having that fork? Not at all. Uh, my biggest concern was actually more so on the tires, was, you know, okay. I'm... I, for the past two years, I ran smaller tires. And so now this year I was riding something that was a little bit more aggressive in a knob. And so I wasn't sure how much more that was going to slow me down. And it didn't at all. I mean, that, that Serac Sand, uh, Serac CX Sand uh, profile with the knobs and the little teeth on the edges is like the greatest combo. I mean, I know that other people chose other tires, but for my setup and the way that I ride, because I ride very weird as far as picking dumb lines half the time. So technically speaking, I should be getting flats all the time. But, you know, if you have the proper setup and you have the proper air pressure, your bike's going to do the job for you. And all you have to do is just pedal and ride. And that's basically the setup that I have. So has your setup changed much over the years? You know, you've done this, this is your third year now. Like, have you kind of had like a go-to setup every year? Or, I mean, obviously there's more, there's new products coming out every year that you can, you know, obviously have the fork this year. So, you know, other than that, but like, do you kind of like, I don't want to say like, 
evolved, but like, do you change, do you, have you changed your setup each year to find something better and better or, or do you kind of know what you like? Um, it, it's definitely been a year to year changing of finding something better and finding something that I felt would work and learning from my experience. Um, you know, so the first year I did it on a two by drivetrain on a road bike. Second year, I did it on a uh, cyclocross bike with a one by drivetrain. And then this year I did it on a dedicated gravel bike with a two by drivetrain once again. And it's, it's been an evolution. Like you said, the, the drivetrains have changed. The uh, geometries have changed, you know, a, a little bit more relaxing, a little bit more comfortable. Um, the fork, you know, I, I never, you know, I never thought about trying a fork like that before. And so getting that was like a, a game changer for me, um, you know, and, and now we're looking at next year already. And so now, you know, I'm considering getting a DI2 drivetrain or, you know, something different. But I I don't think for next year anything is really going to be that mind-blowing of a change from the setup from this year. Um, I think the main thing to to take notice is how much more road are we going to do next year if, if the course is going to change, how much less dirt. Um, I really wanted to try the 28C Marbellas from IRC, but I just felt that with the amount of dirt that we had to do and with the amount of chunkiness that was still out there, I just felt having the confidence of just a little bit wider of a tire with a little bit more knobs was going to make the difference for me. And in all reality, John, that's the main thing that I look at changing on a year to year basis is what new tire is going to be out for BWR. Or if there isn't a new tire, am I still going to run the same tire? Or, you know, is there going to be something else? That's the main thing for me is just trying to find the right tire for the conditions that we're going to have. You know, if it was going to be muddy, I might have I might have ran Bokens instead of ride uh, running the Sracks. It just you never know until that actual day of. But my training um, on those tires was like the best thing. And so for next year, I might, you know, technically run the same setup. I really don't know, you know, if anything's going to change. That is kind of a cool thing about BWR is how like you have to adapt so many different things, whether it's, you know, your, your training or, you know, most importantly, your bike, as far as like with what's coming at you. I mean, you know, we did the, this year and last year, the same course and next year, you know, Michael's talking about a whole new course. So, you know, who knows, like, I mean, just that you can't even say right now, like what your setup's going to be even next year. Cause you don't know what Michael's going to throw in there. Or like, Hey, it's going to be more dirt, less dirt, you know, it's gonna be five crossings of water instead of, you know, one. So it's kind of like the cool unknown about it. But so what, like, what are you thinking about? Like, you know, next year, are you excited that you see there's a new course coming or like, you know, moving forward now, what are your, what are your thoughts? So I'm extremely excited about the buzz of the potential of some course changes. Um, I was very, I consider myself very um, lucky that I was able to do the race last year and then do the race this year where the course was pretty much the same thing. So I had trained rigorously for pretty much, if you think about it, I've ridden the course for two years now. And I knew all of the course. I knew, you know, all the ins and outs of it. I knew where I failed at in previous years. You know, the biggest thing for me, John, was when I made it to Julian Pie Company, I was so ahead of my time that when I got home and I looked at my times, I was 30 minutes faster on the first half of the race this year. You know, that's a huge difference in time. And to see that, it was just all that training and remembering of okay this is that one spot and this is another spot and that was something that i told a lot of my friends was especially with the uh the black canyon climb 
you know, there's mile markers on the side of the road. And I told all my friends, I was like, the main thing that works for me is reading those mile markers and remembering when you see mile marker 10 and 11, that means you're almost at the Mesa Grande aid station. You can start cranking. You can start kicking the turbos in because you're almost free and clear of this death march up this hill. So, you know, depending on what he's going to do for next year, if we have to do that again or if we're going to do something different, I'm just looking forward to no matter what he throws out of, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really difficult and it's going to be a great challenge that I really want to, you know, take and conquer again. And all of us want to do it. There's a lot of my friends that were only able to do the wafer this year. So, you know, they're going to be training hard to do the waffle next year. So there's going to be a lot more of us in our group that are going to be doing this next year. And everybody is like, what's next? Like, what more is he going to be able to throw at us to make this that much more fun, that much more difficult? Whatever he's going to do to us, you know, it's just like, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. That, that's the bottom line. Yeah, there is always that excitement. Michael does very well, obviously, with teasing people and, you know, kind of put it out there. So let's talk about let's talk about you. Like, you know, like you won the Kudos Award. I mean, that's. That's pretty rad, right? Like, I mean, out of, you know, 2,000 or so people, you know, you're selected for the Kudos Award, which, you know, I'd say right up your alley, you know, you're always a good time and, you know, made it through it and you have, you know, great spirit about it. Like, were you, were you surprised or like, how was that when you, when you saw that email or, you know, whether you saw it on social or, you know, however you, you did find out about it? So the crazy thing was, um, I was at the gym and ironically, I'm sitting there doing intervals. And I get a Facebook notification from Andy Brightman of, you know, here's he posted a picture and it's got kudos with my face uh, posted. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I was like, you know, what what does that mean? Like, I was like, oh, did you vote for me or are you, are you being nice to me? Like, I, I had no idea. Well, the thing is, when I was at the gym, the email blast had gone out and I hadn't read the email yet of all of the classifications on all the awards were given. And then as the day progressed, you know, things were posted on social media and finally, lo and behold, there was the posting for the Kudos Award. And, you know, the the first thing that I, I've said to many, many people, and I even posted it on, you know, the uh, Belgian Waffle Ride Instagram uh, page, is I appreciate and I'm so humbled by getting the award. But in all reality, every single person that did BWR, whether they finished, whether they won, whether they're a pro, whether they're an amateur, even if they didn't finish it, every single person that even attempted to do the BWR deserves kudos because this is literally like he calls it, this is the hell of the North County. I mean, you know, looking at my history and the fact that I, you know, I consider myself more of a weekend warrior type rider, the fact that I was able to get through it and, you know, it did take me three years to finally get through it, but it's like, I can't believe that I even attempt to do this. And I can't believe the number of people that line up at, at Lost Abbey early in the morning to eat their waffles and have their bacon and then get on their bikes and attempt to do this crazy one day race. And it's just like every single person deserves to get kudos. And I'm very humbled by the fact that, you know, I was selected as, you know, one of the two because Allison was also uh, given the kudos award. So it was just like when you see all the names of all the awards, for the different categories and to see my name associated with that, dude, I was just like, this can't be real. Like this has got to be some sort of dream or, you know, there, there must be a mix up. All of these are professionals or they've been doing this for a long time or, you know, they've 
you know, podiumed and do numerous things. And then there's me and I'm just like, holy cow, that is just the most amazing thing ever. And, you know, bottom line is there's so many people that I have to thank for it because, you know, people apparently they must like what I do or something that they, you know, thought that I was deserving of getting this award. And I'm very humble and I'm very appreciative. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's easy decision. You're a good time. You always have fun. You know, you're just very, you know, I think anyone that knows you or sees you, you're just a super positive guy. And, you know, like you said, everyone deserves kudos. So, I mean, I think that's well-deserving that you get the kudos award. Um, moving forward, like, you know, you, you've done that, you, you know, you've got a wealth of knowledge of PWR now. You know, you've kind of seen all the different sides to it. For, you know, I'm, I'm always curious, like, to get other people's kind of tips for people that are maybe on the fence or maybe they don't live down here to where they, you know, this is like their backyard almost like from your perspective and what you've learned over the last few years, like what, what kind, what can you give to those people that want to do it or maybe are nervous or, you know, X, Y, and Z about coming out and doing it for next year? Um, The main thing is do it. it you're, I don't think, and I mean, I can't say this uh, honestly because I haven't done any other ultra. Um, you know, like I said, I haven't done any other ultra endurance type of racing besides BWR. So I don't know if all the other races that are out there, if there's anything else like BWR. You know, from what we've been all been told, it is the hardest one day race in all of North America. And I trust me, I believe that because it is very, very difficult. But at the same time. The sense of accomplishment that you're going to get by lining up, by riding and getting through as much as you can, whether you make it through your first year or it takes you three years like me, or, you know, you cross the finish line after 12 hours or 13 hours, whatever it takes, that sense of accomplishment that you're going to get at the end of the day is there's, there's nothing in the world that compares to it. It feels so good. So if you're having doubts of, you know, I don't know if I can really do this. Keep in mind that a lot of the people that I rode with, a lot of my friends that I rode with, the maximum mileage that they ever rode prior to doing BWR was 55, 75, 80, 100. You know, besides doing the recon ride where we did pretty much the whole event uh, prior to doing the actual race, most of my friends have never done anything like this. And it was just that camaraderie of finding the right people to ride with, finding people to train with and enjoying yourself and like my friends say smile while you're doing it just smile and just think to yourself wow i'm doing something really really difficult and yes it's really hard but damn this actually feels really good that i'm accomplishing something and when you do finish it or once you get to lost abbey and you're in that whole community and that whole crowd of thousands of people that are around you that everybody's all giddy and excited for that that you know gate to fall or for that announcement of our wave is going when that moment happens i kid you not the only thing that i do the first, the the only thing that i do when i roll through that start gate is i smile my wife is taking my picture there's people that are cheering you on it feels amazing and then the the sense of okay now i still have to pedal for another 10 to 12 hours yes that's there but once you're in that whole environment with all those other riders and racers that are in that same environment with you, it is a great community feeling and it helps you to get through that day. And I, I don't I've never experienced that type of community at any other event that I've done. You know, I've done mountain bike racing. I've done other gravel events. 
you know, yes, I do quick and dirty and quick and dirty has a very similar community, but it's a very small race in, in comparison to the Belgian waffle ride. But it's that community feeling and that community love that everybody is sharing with each other when you're in that starting grid that is second to none. And it just has to be experienced and it will get you through that day. Yeah, I'd say I'm just right there. That's like, who's that not going to sell on as far as getting them to come out? Um, well, hey, Michael, you know, I just want to say congrats again. Like, dude, doing what you did, completing it and, you know, your story and then getting the kudos award on top of everything. I mean, it's that's quite the achievement. So I'm going to be proud of. And, uh, you know, I'm just stoked for you. You're a good guy. So I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we still got a long year ahead of us. And, like I said, I'm already looking forward to 2020. Um, I came up with my own weird little thing. I'm going to go for an Infinity Gauntlet. Um, Infinity Gauntlet, basically anybody that knows uh, comic books, is six stones. So me, for me, in 2020, I want to do six events. So um, Rock Cobbler, Belgian Waffle Ride, um, let's see here, uh, Steamboat, uh, Dirty Kanza, uh, Rebecca, what is that? My, my Rebecca's Private Idaho. The Rebecca Rush. And, yeah, the Private Idaho. Yeah, Rebecca Rush ride. And Grapes of Wrath. So that's my nice. 2020, basically. And we're going to have to keep updated me, on that. I'm crazy. <laughs> but oh, hey, you know, if, if you set a goal for yourself, then it's, a, it's obtainable. If you don't set a goal for yourself, then you're just winging it. And honestly, with the way that we ride and the enjoyment that we're having, Having a little bit of structure to what we're trying to do and the fun that we're having makes it so you're going to have that much more fun because you're like, okay, I get to go to Kansas now, or I get to go to Colorado, or I get to go to Idaho. It's like, I'm going to go places that I've never ridden before, and I'm actually going to do these really wonky rides, and I'm going to do these wonky races, and I'm going to get through them because I know I can do it, and I'm looking forward to it. No, I like it. I mean, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, give yourself a little structure and something to shoot for it and keep you accountable. And like, you know, the crazier, the better. I mean, I think that sounds awesome. You know, I think we're going to kind of follow that along and get some updates with you throughout the year. And not Definitely. to mention, then, it's probably be pretty great for next year's BWI. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you, sure. I'll make you go do a few more laps on mine so you get the mileage built up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Definitely. And, you know, we're looking forward to what you're going to throw at us. You know, we're looking forward to the unicorns at a spandex stampede. So, you know, whenever you got that going, got to go out there and see you too. Oh yeah. Don't worry. We got something in the works. Keeping it. Nice. They'll be coming out soon. But um, yeah. Hey man, once again, Michael, much appreciated for the chat, you know, sure. I'm going to see you soon. And uh, once again, dude, congrats on everything. That's awesome. Thank you. And, uh, you know, really quickly, thank you to Michael and uh, you know, his whole organization, Thanks to everybody that, you know, does anything to do with Belgian Waffle Ride. Congratulations to everybody um, that, you know, even did the right race. Um, you know, it was a great day and we all accomplished something awesome. And uh, once again, you know, thank you to everybody for the, uh, the vote of confidence on the kudos. I'll make sure to, uh, you know, keep this train going and, you know, keep that happy vibe going and get more people out on the dirt, get more people out on the road got to get more kids on bikes and you know just keep this train going and we're gonna have a party all the way you know all the time yeah that we are as long as we're having a party we're good <laughs> all right michael well, hey uh thanks for the chat and uh you know we'll catch up soon again awesome thank you john all right take it easy no worries bye